get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. From building a team of seven to working on some pretty dreamy projects and building a successful business of her own, Michaela of Bandit Design Group joins us today to share the inside journey of what it's been like building her business into what it is today. This episode is filled with so many tools from looking after yourself as a founder to what it's really like growing a bigger team. And I know that you're going to walk away feeling inspired and uplifted and ready to take the next step in building your own business. Welcome to the Honestly Imperfect podcast, Michaela. I am so excited for this chat. We've already delved into a little bit of what's going on for you and building a business. And I can't wait for you to share all of your wisdom and stories with all the listeners today. So a big thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this chat. So can you take us back in time to what it was like when you first decided to start Bandit? And maybe firstly, tell us all what your business is so listeners know what you're all about. Yeah, sure. So Bandit is a creative studio. Um, We're based across Sydney and Canberra and essentially we're a branding agency and we specialise in brand, websites and packaging. We're a team of seven females at the moment and, yeah, we work mainly with lifestyle brands across all different types of industries. And I suppose if we're going back to the early days, I started Bandit in 2017. I was 24 years old. I'd just moved up to Sydney with my partner. He was also starting a business at the same time. And yeah, I had been freelancing on the side as a graphic designer for three to four years before that. So I had built up a pretty solid client base by the time I actually decided to take the leap and start the business full time. So yeah, so it's the early days were a lot of me working very long days, working weekends. I was a bit of a workaholic back then. I think I've gotten a bit better now, but it was pretty lonely in the beginning. It was just me at my computer for hours on end. And I was just a yes man. I was just saying yes to every single opportunity that was coming my way. And that's really how we kind of started. Was there a pivot to sort of you know, you've now built a team of seven, which is incredible, like a huge congratulations, because that's not a small achievement. Was there any turning points in that journey where you, did you have any mindset shifts or you were like, I need to change things here in order to grow and scale? Massively. I think probably every 12 months I had a bit of a growth spurt and change in mindset because I think starting a business is like a one-way track to massive self-development at the end of the day. You have to learn so many things. You come up against so many different challenges and that really forces you to develop your mindset and change the way you're thinking. So yeah, I've had some really amazing mentors along the way as well, which I think has really helped me to change my mindset and 
essentially learn how to run a business and grow a business. <laughs> so I always started with a vision of creating a studio and hiring a team. I love people and I always wanted to do it with people, not just on my own. So I knew that that was going to kind of come with time. But yeah, like there's been some scary and challenging points along along the ride. I think mindset shifts kind of come along with those. Yeah, it all kind of adds up to where we are now. Can you take us back to sort of what it was like when you were hiring that first team member and making that investment? What did that feel like at the time? It felt scary. (laughs) It felt exciting, but daunting, I suppose. So my very first hire was Ash, who's still with us today. And I got so lucky with her. She started with me just freelancing. So it was a bit of freelance work every week and I think we worked together for about six months in that capacity and it got to a point where she was going to be leaving her job that she was still working and I had a lot of work on and I was ready to bring somebody onto the team. The stars aligned and she joined Bandit full-time at that point. That just felt like it really fell in place. It didn't feel like I was pushing to build a team at that point. It was just really organic and natural. So yeah, after that, I brought a number of other girls onto the team and that's been a little bit more of a learning curve. (laughs) You know, when you start to build a team and you have more than one or two people working with you, it kind of gets this point where you need to build a bit more structure into the recruiting process. And, you know, you have to learn to be a manager the end of the day, which is really not something people prepare you for either. Like I hadn't really come from a background of managing people at all. So I made a lot of mistakes and I learned from them. I think that's nice that you share that because there can be a lot of pressure that people put on themselves to really get it perfect and to bring on the right team member and to not make mistakes. And it's nice that you're sort of, you've made the mistakes, but you've got that learning mindset. I'll learn from this. I'll change. I'll pivot. It's okay. We're all about celebrating imperfection. So have you had any moments where you've just had to really lean into going, I'm going to do this imperfectly and I'm going to take action. Do you have a story that you can share with us? Yeah, I've really had to learn to get comfortable with that because I am a bit of a perfectionist and as designers, we often are. But I think one story would probably be actually starting the business and band it. Like I'm the type of person who gets perfectionism paralysis. Like I won't start a project or you know, I'll get caught in the middle of it because I'm worried it's not going to be perfect at the end. So before I started Bandit, for the whole year prior to that, I was trying to come up with a name for the business. <laughs> I knew I wanted to start, but I couldn't possibly start without having a name that I was completely into and obsessed with and, you know, happy to stick on my forehead and walk around with it. So <laughs> we got there in the end, but it took me a whole year. You know, everything that comes after that, building a website, designing a logo, putting together an Instagram page. That could have taken me a whole nother year to do probably, but I really realized that it's better to just take action and progress is more important than perfect. I had to get really comfortable with just, you know, putting things out there and being 80% happy with it instead of 100%. I know that you're all about branding and sort of brand identity, but 
maybe you're a bit like me. I find marketing so easy for my clients. Like I could just do it in my sleep. When it comes to my own business, it's just this other layer of pressure and that perfectionism creeps in. How have you found what you really want to stand for in your own business? Has that come naturally or has that been a bit tricky? Yeah, it's so right. It's as designers, when we're designing for ourselves or, you know, building anything for ourselves that we do for our clients, it feels like you forget everything that you know and how to do it. It's really difficult because I think as creatives too, there's so many like opportunities and so many outcomes that could potentially arise that it's hard to kind of nail it down and be happy with one direction. I think it's been really great because as I build a team, I can kind of hand that off to them a little bit more. But otherwise, in terms of deciding like what we stand for, that's something I've been really like confident in and comfortable from the very beginning because I know why I started the business and I always come back to that vision and purpose. And over the years, working with lots of different mentors and stuff like that, it's really been ingrained in me. So that side of things feels good. It's when you're bringing that into the visual (laughs) realm, you know, what we look like. We're currently undergoing a bit of rebrand ourselves, which is super exciting, but I've kind of had to take a backseat because I know that, you know, my perfectionism is going to creep in. So I have handed that over to the team and really excited for them to be able to bring it to life and take that off my shoulders. And that's good in a way because then the business is treated like a proper client. It's not just, I'll do a bit here, I'll do a bit there. It's a proper project, which I think is awesome. And you worked with some pretty dreamy clients. How have you found attracting them into the business? Has there been a few different ways that you've done that or what's been the best way for you attracting those clients that you absolutely love working with? Yeah, we've had so many amazing clients and I just love everyone that we work with. They genuinely just feel like friends now, which is amazing. And I think it's kind of come down to, we only put out work that we want to attract back. Yeah, that's my advice to anybody is don't put anything out that you're not willing to, you know, attract back and that you don't want more of. We only like share a really minuscule amount of our work, not because there's lots of clients that we don't love and don't want to work with. We genuinely don't have the time to share everything, (laughs) but it's kind of about choosing that really top 10% of work that you're really happy with and you want to put out into the world and attract it back. And the majority of our work is referral based. You know, if we can give clients a really amazing experience and an outcome that they're really happy with, then that is um, really great for us. And it means that they're going to share us around with their network too. So it's referral based. And then a lot of our clients come through Instagram too, which is funny, but it makes sense because it's a really visual platform. So yeah, that's kind of where it's the rule of only sharing the work that we want to attract back. And if there's any listeners who are maybe just starting out, whether it's a branding agency, marketing agency, interior design business, what would be your advice for showing up on social media to attract those dream clients? I guess it's showing that work that you want to be attracting more in. Is there been anything else that you've done that has really stood out and you've gone, wow, that really worked? A couple of things. Like we We've entered a few awards in the more recent years and, you know, sent our work across to some of the really nice design platforms. That's been really effective, actually, in terms of getting your work in front of different eyes. 
So it can be really hard on Instagram to kind of target those people who you really want to get in front of. And it costs a lot of money these days to do that as well. But, you know, entering awards and things like that, clients really seem to like that type of recognition. Yeah, I would say if you've got a project that you're really proud of, don't be afraid to send it out there and get it onto some blogs and media and enter some awards as well, because it's a good way to get in front of different people. I was having this conversation with a client this morning who's based in Canada. And she was saying, you know, I feel like it's the Canadian way to not really share what we do or boost ourselves up too much. And I was like, don't worry, it's exactly the same in Australia. But I think that we really need to lean into that more because you put so much effort into producing great work for your clients. It's like, why not share it with the world? And who knows what could come of that? Yeah, I really agree. We're not the type of people who shout our names from the rooftops and, you know, get in front of every single person. You know, we're not very salesy. But I think sharing your work, you know, someone might be looking for someone just like you and by sharing your work and putting it out there, then you're helping other people too. It's not just about you. And what's kept you really focused and motivated in those times where maybe it's been a little bit challenging in growing the business? I think it is coming back to that vision and remembering why you started and what's the purpose of all of this. It can be really hard in the challenging times, right? So I think you just have to know that the hard times will pass. There's always going to be challenges and there are opportunities for growth as well at the end of the day. So you really just need to lean in and take what comes and the challenges are good. If you're floating through life with no challenges, well, Are you really trying that hard? (laughs) So I think it's about embracing that and yeah, just coming back to your vision and remembering why you started and what you love about what you do. So for me, it's all about the people. Like I love our team and I love the clients that we work with. So if we're going through a really hard time and I feel like I'm in the trenches, I'll often go back and look at really nice feedback or reviews that we've gotten because that just reminds me why we do what we do. And sometimes you can get so invested into projects and like really up close to things, but it's nice when you can take that step back and actually see things from a client's perspective and see the real impact that you're making. And Christmas is a great time of year. Like the cards that I get from clients, I'm like, oh my goodness, why can't I get this every single month? This is amazing. (laughs) And it is. It's so rewarding to get that good feedback and know that the work that you're doing is making an impact and is helping somebody. So I think just remembering that is really important. You've got a team, you're managing all the different things. What do you do to really look after yourself and keep yourself grounded and feeling good? Do you have any tools or things that you like to do? Yeah, a lot. I love self-care. I love wellness. So I meditate every morning. I like to exercise I really have to set down some boundaries, right? Because it's so easy to just wake up, go to work, finish really late and come home. You know, there's always going to be more to do. So I think really just setting those boundaries that I don't start work until 8 a.m. and I finish at 5.30, 6 o'clock every day and I take myself to the gym or I take my dog for a walk down in the park. I make sure that I spend time with my partner, my friends, my family. And then I think it is, having like that support network and having really great mentors along the journey with me. I think that's a form of self-care as well is making sure that you've got the support to get through starting a business. It's really hard. 
sometimes. <laughs> and I feel like even as well, sometimes we can leave bringing in the support until something's maybe going wrong or something super challenging. But I think it's really good when you can have that guiding support along the way to sort of keep you. I almost think of it like going bowling. It's like having those guide rails up that can just keep you coming back into center so that you can stay on track to your vision. It's really about building that whole system, like mind, body, support, all that around you, which definitely keeps us on track. Do you have any tips for, I'm sure that you have lots of people coming to you for different things, emails from clients, your team, all that. Do you have anything that you use like mindfulness tools or anything like that, that sort of keeps you focused and able to stay on track? I would say it's my meditation practice, which sounds so cliche and like hippie vibes, but that's something that has really helped me kind of cut out all of the noise and because there is so much noise when you're running a business you've got people coming at you from all angles all hours of the day so I think being able to just cut all of that out and find some stillness and silence and not let that in all of the time and really have some boundaries with it and meditation has just really helped me kind of level all of that out with myself because I know I've got that time every single day to myself to just come back and center myself. Do you do it in the morning or evening? In the morning, every morning before I start the day. I learned Vedic meditation about two years ago now. So I really liked that and that's really um, stuck with me. And I use the, what's that app called? Insight Timer? Yes, Insight Timer. Yes, love Insight Timer. It's so great. And even if you're on the go and you want to, you know, listen to a guided meditation or do a yoga practice or anything like that, Insight Timer is free and it's got everything that you need to be able to just have a moment to yourself. So I think that would be a recommendation. And then I think just being really brutal with your phone, just turn it off, put it on silent. You know, you're not going to miss anything. It's going to be okay if you miss a call or, you know, you don't get back to somebody by the end of the day. It's a lot of pressure to constantly be in communication with everybody. I like to, you know, have my phone on do not disturb mode from like about eight o'clock at night to seven in the morning, just to make sure that I'm not really getting those notifications that are going to spring me into work mode. (laughs) Yeah. I'm exactly the same. And even if I'm working on a task that requires a lot of focus for a client, my phone is usually out of the room when I'm working. It can ping and whatever if I know there's going to be a call coming in. But otherwise, I'm like, the world's not going to end. And it stops me from doing that like silly picking it up and somehow ending on Instagram. And I'm like, how did we get here? (laughs) I think we really have to learn to be really strict on ourselves with the phone. It's such a productivity killer. So we're going to do meditation, phones, limit the time and exercise movement, building that support system. You mentioned that you've got a little rebrand happening for Bandit. Is there anything else exciting that's happening this year for you? I feel like so many exciting things are coming up. We've got heaps of great projects in the pipeline. We'll hopefully see our team grow by another couple of people and just refining our offering and growing our offering too in terms of what we can offer our clients and make sure that we're still providing value and add even more value to that. 
And yeah, apart from the rebrand, I think it's just going to be a really exciting year of refining who Bandit is. And if I was to put you on the spot and ask you one last question, if there's a listener who's in the thick of it, they're wanting to build their brand, they're wanting to attract dream clients like you're working on, what would you tell them right now that you think could help them and give them that little boost of motivation? Just keep going. It's going to get better. It's just a moment in time when you're in the trenches and it's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> so there's probably something you can learn from right now of where you are in your journey and it's going to get a lot better. Just keep going. I've loved hearing about your story and how you've built your business today. And I know it's going to inspire so many listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.